This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. Take a second and consider where you're struggling living your one thing. Whether you've read the book or listened to the podcast, we know because we live it every day, you're failing. You're failing every day. We can say that because we fail every day, living our one thing. What's that area where you're not achieving the results that you really, really want? The conversation you're going to join today is going to dive into one of the underlying reasons why you may not be achieving the extraordinary results that you desire. We're going to be diving into three specific things, the bravery, self-worth, and curiosity, and why those three things are required for you to live an extraordinary life. With that, let's get into this conversation with Emily Ann Peterson. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Emily, so you just accomplished something that I know many people want to accomplish in their life and few ever do, which is publishing a book, Bare Naked Bravery. Where did this idea come from? Yeah, I think think the stats are that 80% of Americans want to write a book and 2% actually do. So the fact that I'm part of the 2% of that is kind of astounding even to me. Is that called the is that is that called the 80 Z rule? (laughs) Possibly. Possibly. 82Z. <laughs> 82Z. Well, I, you know, I didn't think I'm a musician. And so I never really woke up one day and said, I want to be an author. Like I didn't pursue this book because of the title of author. I was about five, six years ago, I was a full-time cellist and a recording musician. I was doing recording sessions in the Seattle area and I had a full load of cello students, you know, all ages. And I really loved that job. And I started to notice that my hand was shaking, you know, like at first it was my right hand was shaking. At first it was like when I was eating lunch and my fork would shake or Then it was like while I was talking with my hands, because I always do that. And then I started, you know, and I was ignoring it and trying to like deny it. And then I started noticing other people trying to ignore it. (laughs) Like their eyes would go to my hand during our conversation rather than to what I was saying. And then the day that I heard the tremor through my cello, 
was the day that I called my doctor because I knew that after having played the cello for two decades by that time or around two decades that it was if I couldn't control my hand after that amount of effort and investment, then uh, something was wrong with with me. <laughs> and it was it was a really bizarre way to lose your identity because it was very slow. Of course, um, there was you know the moment where the neurologist says, "Hey, you have an essential tremor in your right hand." So one essential tremor. He was saying, okay, it's hereditary, it's degenerative, and it's neurological. So if we're going to really fix this, it's going to be in your brain. We don't know how bad it's going to get. And we also don't know how fast it's going to get bad. And so everything, like my one thing was no longer a thing, (laughs) basically. And I had to go through this season where I was doing this priority shifting from what it once was to whatever it was going to be. And I had no idea what that was. And I knew that in order to find out what that was or to step forward through this season, what I now call a season of bravery, um, because we all go through them where we have to like regain our footing and they're scary moments, they're scary times. And I didn't see, I'm the kind of person that needs to have the analytical research and the how to like, here are the, here are the six things you need to know, you know, kind of thing. I didn't see that in any of the books out there that were on courage and bravery. And so I just started asking a lot of questions and all of those questions soon turned into a podcast. And that podcast soon produced a bunch of really legit theories. And so now all of those are in a book called Bare Naked Bravery, How to Be Creatively Courageous. <laughs> I, I know so many people who we work with in, in a community we have called Living Your One Thing experience setbacks at some point in time in their life. There is something that... <laughs> I love what you said. Uh, you lost part of your identity, right? You, it's something that you... you is such a deep part of you. It's, it's an identity thing. Oh, it definitely was. And it was, it was as close as I had to change how I introduced myself to people. So I, at one point, was saying, hi, my name's Emily Ann Peterson. I play the cello. Like, that was the next thing after my name. Um, and then I had to change it to, hi, I'm Emily Ann Peterson. I, I want to go into the fear a little bit there, because uh, for those people, I know that there is someone who is listening to this right now who has hit rock bottom. They're completely lost. They have no idea what their next step is. Take us to that moment where you're going, okay, I am no longer Emily Ann Peterson. I play the cello. I am now Emily Ann Peterson, question mark? Right. How did you begin to navigate that? Well, and that was one part of the reason why I got caught up in this research was I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. Um, What I started to do was ask a lot of questions. And I actually think that allowing curiosity to guide your next steps can be a a really safe and appropriate next step for a lot of people. Part of the thing about bravery that that I learned is that it's subjective. It's very subjective. So what is the right next step for me was might not have been a right next step for somebody who had recently been diagnosed with cancer or something. But still, curiosity is always a really great place to start. I mean, that could be every anything from I just got laid off. Now what? Hmm. 
maybe I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm going to make myself some food. You like make yourself a really good meal, take a nap because you feel like you're tired, like really get um, sensitive to the sensations and the things that you're feeling around you because that friction that your life is giving you can actually be utilized for your next step. Mm. So the way that I describe it is like, if you wake up in the middle of the night and it's pitch black and you can't see what you're doing, but you know, you need to go to the bathroom. And so you have to find the nearest piece of furniture and use that to guide you to the next step. And so sometimes that might look like finding the friction part of your life. Like where is the limitation in your life? And then lean up against that while you walk forward. Yeah. Well, one one thing I think is a is an interesting perspective. I was listening to a new book called Principles by Ray Dalio, who's one of the most successful hedge fund managers of all time. And he talked about the the purpose of life or, or where, where the, the, the meaning of success comes from is learning to struggle well. If you imagine an Olympic gold medalist, if they got to practice once and they were just awarded the gold medal, would there be any meaning behind it? No. Right. So it's, it's through the struggle that you actually bring appreciation into your world. And I think what you're talking about here is this idea that that friction, it serves a purpose. If you ask the right question, ask how is this serving a purpose? Right. Well, and as as I was doing all this research, I, I realized that I actually had now two decades of experience using friction because <laughs> that's how I was paid in my previous like career. I was paid to create friction and then utilize that friction by turning it into sound. Mm-hmm. And so I knew a lot about friction. And so I basically was like, well... I know about friction. I know how to use this. I know that like everything involved, it's like the weight of your arm, the angle of your hand, the angle of your pinky, whether your pinky is lifted or raised, like all of these little tiny things affect how the friction flows into the instrument and is utilized within the instrument. And so if you take that metaphor and apply it to your life, the same thing holds true. You know, like everything you eat, the amount of water that you'd have, the amount of sleep that you get, the kinds of conversations that you have with people, um, the kinds of relationships that you surround yourself with, they all will be a very big part of adjusting and utilizing that friction that is existing in your life currently. So I want to talk about some of the, the common areas of friction that people experience when they go on the journey to living their one thing. One of the common themes people really struggle with is time blocking. The idea of scheduling time with yourself to do your most important work. It makes sense, right? You can protect time to go to the doctors. You can certainly protect time to do the one thing that's going to make the biggest impact in your business during the day. And then the world steps in and tries to sabotage you. Talk to us a little bit about the mindset behind that and where bravery comes into play here. Well, it definitely takes bravery to say like, absolutely not. You will not interrupt me. Wait a minute. To say, to say, to say what? Absolutely not. You will not interrupt me. Is there another word for that? That's like two letters long. Uh, how about no, there's one. (laughs) Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait, uh, hold on. I just, uh, this is the first time I'm hearing this. Can you say that again? No. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's, it takes a lot of bravery to say that because you're saying, because when you're saying no to something else, you're also saying no 
to the other opportunities that that thing might represent to you. Mm. So there's a lot that you're risking in that moment. Part of bravery is acknowledging every piece on the table and going, okay, according to all of the limitations, all of the constraints, according to the context of the situation, according to the things that I'm risking, what are my options here? I think the bottom line here, folks, is that when you consider what it takes to live your one thing, uh, we, we've, we've talked a lot about having the confidence or the conviction uh, to live your one thing. Bravery is an underlying part of this, right? The bravery to say yes to yourself first. The bravery to pause everything else and, and actually sit down and seek clarity on whether it's your purpose, your goals, your priorities for the week, doing your 411, which if you guys want to get a copy of, go to the onething.com and click on free stuff. Comes down to you finding that bravery in yourself. Emily, I'm curious when you think about all the people that you've interacted with, where's one common area that you see people just absolutely struggling with that internal confidence. There's just, there are so many limiting beliefs around it and it's sacrificing their results. Self-worth. I mean, hands down. Cool. I like that you went there. T- tell me more. So there are three reasons why people are brave. Uh, bravery is contagious. Bravery is worth it. Or the thing that you're doing that is brave <laughs> on the other side of bravery is worth it. And it's also needed. So there's a lot of reasons why you know people think that their bravery is needed because somebody is in a burning building and they you know they're going to die and so they're willing to jump into that building and save that person but when it comes to like doing a brave thing and the only person that needs you to do that brave thing is you it's very unlikely that i i've seen that um, people are willing to go through that or that feat of bravery seems that much more hard. So I have just seen that self-worth is, is that underlying, it's, you know, you're saying that to take that one thing and do the one thing that takes bravery. Well, to be brave, it also takes a measure of self-worth. Mm. And, and you have to know that you are worth it. You have to know that you're strong enough. You have to know that your time is valuable or that the thing that you actually want in life is the the one thing, right? That that alone, that your desire for that one thing is enough for you to say no to the other things. I have seen that that act of bravery is really difficult because you don't always know whether you know, focusing on the one thing is worth it. You don't always know if focusing on that one thing is needed by other people other than yourself. And you don't always know, or you don't always have an environment where saying yes to just the one thing is a contagious part of your culture. Yeah. What would you advise? I think that self-worth it's a big deal, right? The people who say yes to themselves first are people who actually value their time. If someone, or I'll, I'll ask it to the audience first, where in your life are you lacking self-worth? Really take a moment to think about it. Where in your life right now, deep down, are you not valuing yourself? And consequently, you're not achieving the results you desire in that area of your life. 
Emily, how does someone begin to generate worth in that area? I think that a lot of it starts with that curiosity. Mm. You know, if you approach a really big, hairy situation with a scientific mindset using curiosity, that scientific mindset can be the safety buffer between you and the emotions that are involved. So a lot of people are avoidant of, you know, diving into this, why don't I have self-worth? Because they know that what they might uncover might, you know, have a lot of emotional impact and they might lose their emotional sobriety, as I call it. (laughs) And I have seen that if you can approach your situation or this scary, big, hairy ball of wax or whatever, (laughs) if you can approach it with a scientific mindset, then that can sometimes help separate you from those emotions that are going to unravel when you do look at something like this. Um, I mean, self-worth is a, is a really scary thing. If you know that you don't have it, if you don't you know you have self-worth, then it's so scary. So starting from that place of, well, I wonder why I don't have self-worth or I wonder what is it that makes me have self-worth or what is it that doesn't, that pulls away, that sucks away my self-worth. How do I build that back up? You know, Mm -hmm. asking those questions, only you can answer those questions. I think this would be an interesting challenge. The the people who have been following the podcast for a long time, Emily, know that I've been going on uh, a road to mastering asking great questions. I remember when Tony DeCello challenged me to write down 10 deadly questions for each chapter of the one thing. And a deadly question is a question that's so big that you don't have an immediate answer for it. It's, it, it requires you to search for a really big answer. Folks, I would challenge you, if you are struggling with self-worth, can you challenge yourself today to write down five deadly questions you can ask yourself such that by asking them would cause you to go on a journey to explore your self-worth? And what I would challenge you to do is to leave those as a review on your podcast player of choice in terms of, you know, I listened to this episode and these are the questions that I came up with. And there's a few reasons for this. Number one, that's the automated system that will immediately send them to us. So we'll know that you sent them. And number two, everybody else will be able to see them. So we'll actually form a big group of, of powerful questions that you could ask yourself to solve, I think, a challenge that's really big for all of us. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing those results. Emily, considering everything we've discussed so far, where can someone begin? Where does bravery begin? You know, we see these big feats of bravery happening in our world, um, in news and on social media. And what we fail to recognize often is that those massive feats of bravery are the result of so much practice. In my research for this book, I kept seeing the fact that these people who I greatly admired, their bravery started very young and very small, like tiny, minute amounts of bravery. So even just asking yourself a question that takes bravery because it takes honesty to ask Mm. it and it takes honesty to answer it as well. And honesty and vulnerability is one of those first of the 12 ingredients of bravery that I found. And so what I would say is that bravery begins as small as a seed 
And the more you practice it, the bigger it gets. And it's like a spiral. Every time you practice it, that spiral gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then eventually it gets big enough that people want to put it on social media or on the news or whatever. But you don't wake up brave. Like just, you know, you don't wake up like the bravest version of yourself that you'll ever be. You wake up braver than you were yesterday, right? And so I would say that that if you if you are struggling with being brave or taking that next step or wondering what that next step is going to be like for you, especially in regards to focusing on that one thing and saying yes to only the one thing, then I would encourage yourself to start with a question. Find a question and utilize that to practice the vulnerability required to build your bravery. Emily, where can people learn more about you? So the book is available at emilyannpeterson.com and there are book bonuses and a whole bunch of freebies like a coloring book and all that goodness and free music and all of that um, right there at emilyannpeterson.com. Well, thank you so much, Emily. I really appreciate your time and best of luck with the book. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, you know, it is, there's so much out there to listen to. So the fact that you guys were listening to this conversation is an honor. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Emily Ann Peterson, author of the new book, Bare Naked Bravery, which you can check out at emilyannpeterson.com. You can also check out her podcast, Bare Naked Bravery. Folks, was there anything she talked about at the end that sounded similar to the one thing? The idea that bravery doesn't just, this big idea of bravery doesn't just come by doing it once, that it starts by actually going really small. Starting possibly with a question. Even having the smallest amount of bravery to ask yourself a question where you might just look in the mirror. And what would happen if day after day after day, you continue to knock that lead domino down of asking yourself a powerful question? Do you think over time, you would develop more self-worth? Do you think over time you would have more confidence and conviction in yourself? And do you think over time in those moments, whether it's honoring your time blocks, saying no, holding yourself accountable, do you think you'd be braver? That's for you to find out. If you would like some resources, some of our past episodes that I think would help you here, episode 83, which is titled Why Accountability Starts by Looking in the Mirror, it was released back on October 19th. And also episode 115, Accountability Amplified, a live coaching call with Tony DeCello. That was released on February 8th. I would strongly encourage you to go back and listen to those two. We hope that this has brought value to you. We're very serious. I can't wait to see the deadly questions you come up with. Please take time, write down five deadly questions, questions that are so big that they require you to pause and search for a big answer. Leave them as a review on your podcast player of choice because they'll come to us and we're going to get to see them. And I would I would love to be able to, to accumulate these and share some of them in a future episode. So thank you so much. If you are not yet subscribed to the show, go ahead and click that subscribe button so all future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. We thank you. We honor you. And we look forward to being with you in the next episode.